Welcome to Creative Biolabs Science Channel. Creative Biolabs is a specialized contract research organization supporting mRNA studies with all-round solutions covering mRNA synthesis, modification, and mRNA therapeutics development. With an unwavering pursuit of innovation and lifelong learning, we keep on producing podcast series related to mRNA technology based on our knowledge and practical experience gained through years of exploration in this area. Subscribe to our channel and keep updated with our podcasts. Hello, dear friends. Great to have you here with us this evening. At the end of the last episode, we talked about cell purification methods and a variety of loading dendritic cells. David introduced an improved method of monocyte purification called counterflow elutriation. We then discussed that antigens can be loaded on dendritic cells in many forms. Peptides, proteins, genetic materials, or the contents of whole tumor cells can be used as antigens. Among them, we focused on the RNA loaded on dendritic cells. Today, David again joined us and we will discuss the principle of antigen selection. Thanks for being here David. Thank you for inviting me. What can you tell us about selecting the right antigens? Well, we know that there are specific types of antigen that are very important for the activity of the immune system and the specificity of tumor cells. So to obtain successful immunity, we must select antigens carefully. There are several considerations to keep in mind. First, it is clear that immunotherapy with dendritic cells encoding only one tumor antigen will lead to a high risk of tumor escape due to immune selection. This process involves mutation or loss of antigens recognized by the tumor. This is the result of immune stress, which allows tumor variants to grow. So some have suggested targeting multiple antigens. What are the benefits of targeting multiple antigens when it is not possible to predetermine the expressed tumor antigens? Yeah, that's a good question. I will give a few examples, like in the case of a tumor mass that cannot be biopsied, in the case of minimal residual disease after radiotherapy or chemotherapy, or in the case of early cancer treatment. Targeting multiple antigens makes it more likely that the target tumor will actually express the selected antigen. In addition, the available T-cell lineage may vary greatly from person to person. As a result, providing a wide range of tumor-associated antigen immunogens may make them respond to tumors. What are the advantages of using synthetic messenger RNA to target multiple antigens, compared to using complete tumor messenger RNA? I think the biggest advantage is that it can mix dendritic cells with different antigens. Each of the dendritic cells showed only epitopes from specific antigens. This allows the presentation of secondary antigens to T cells. I assume the characteristics of the selected antigens are important for successful anti-cancer immunity? Of course. This is the second factor that should be considered when selecting the antigens in addition to their types. The proteins needed by tumor cells to maintain or metabolize will remain conserved in the course of disease evolution. They can avoid tumor escape by immune selection. So immune responses to proteins that are critical for tumor cell survival may be more likely to bring clinical benefits. And we have seen proof of the importance of antigen characteristics in a follow-up study. In this study, dendritic cells loaded with total tumor messenger RNA showed extensive polyclonal immune response after inoculation. 
tumor escape cannot be prevented by loss of recognized antigen. What kind of antigens are the proteins that play a role in tumor genesis? They are usually found in the categories of overexpressed antigens and tumor-specific antigens, such as survivin and telomerase. So we know that when a defined tumor antigen is used to encode messenger RNA, the messenger RNA is usually synthesized in vitro. Do you think a messenger RNA that is synthesized in vitro can become unstable in the body? That's a good question and a legit concern. I would say it's possible. But scientists have sought ways to overcome the inherent instability of this synthetic RNA. They have made many optimizations, and we need to obtain more efficient translation or higher stability so as to obtain more and longer protein expression. Can you list some of the optimizations? Sure. They have tried to adjust the length of the polyadenylic acid tail, the nucleotides derived from the end of the polyadenylic acid tail without restriction sites and the source, location, and number of untranslated regions. And also, they have tried to optimize the codon sequence for translation by human cells and to use anti-reversal cap analogs. When a defined messenger RNA is used to perform antigen loading of dendritic cells, which protein does the messenger RNA encode? The messenger RNA encoding the fusion protein of tumor antigen and human leukocyte antigen class II targeting signal can be used. These signals, for example, come from the invariant chain, dendritic cells lysosomal associated membrane protein. This leads to human leukocyte antigen class II antigen presentation, which is necessary for the induction of an effective T cell response, and enhanced antigen presentation in the context of human leukocyte antigen class I. We already know that during the proliferation of tumor cells, random mutations can occur that lead to genome instability. What effect does this feature have on the choice of antigen? Due to the genetically unstable nature of cancer cells, a single antigen vaccine may lead to genetic variation in the selection of tumor cells. In this way, tumor cells can evade two narrow immune responses. Loading a broad spectrum of antigens on dendritic cells instead of a single antigen may produce a more effective anti-cancer immune response. Can a broad spectrum of antigens use total tumor messenger RNA? Of course. In this regard, the main advantage of total tumor messenger RNA is to allow all known and unknown tumor antigens to present antigens, including patient-specific tumor antigens, and even expanding the scope of vaccination to rare forms of cancer. Great advantage. And what method is used to deliver total tumor RNA to dendritic cells? Well, there can be many methods. For example, it can be delivered in the form of extracted tumor total RNA, concentrated polyadenylic acid messenger RNA or tumor dendritic cells hybrids. Although in the latter method, antigen presentation is not entirely due to the presence of messenger RNA. I think some drawbacks in loading mature dendritic cells with total tumor RNA have been reported. Although this technique can lead to antigen presentation and induce immunological and clinical responses in vivo. Yes, talking about the shortcomings of this technique, there are some. We know that it is inevitable that many self-proteins are also delivered by dendritic cells. So this technology relies on the immune system's ability to distinguish between its own proteins and tumor-specific antigens. So far, no autoimmune response has been observed in clinical trials, although cellular and clinical responses have been found.
it must be pointed out that in at least three studies, patients with a history of autoimmune diseases were excluded. If there is a lack of autoimmunity, is it useful to use total tumor messenger RNA? Good question, and the answer is yes, it is still useful. However, when vaccine formulations improve, the chances of autoimmune reactions may increase. But this issue should be closely watched. Especially because it is reported that after inoculation with dendritic cells loaded with renal tumor RNA, interferon gamma secreted by activated T cells continue to increase. When challenged with dendritic cells loaded with benign renal epithelial messenger RNA, higher than the background level, which indicates that the vaccine-induced T-cells have a slight cross-reaction. What is the therapeutic effect of this on cancer patients? In some studies, we see researchers inoculated patients with melanoma with dendritic cells, loaded with autologous tumor messenger RNA, and the patient can produce a mock-transfected dendritic cell reactive T-cell clone. And in some in vitro experiments, in which samples were taken from prostate cancer patients, Dendritic cells transfected with total tumor RNA were shown to induce cytotoxic T lymphocytes by recognizing prostate-specific antigen, thereby killing the target cells expressing normal prostate tissue antigens. You mentioned previously there are some shortcomings, other than the one we just discussed. Are there any other disadvantages of loaded mature dendritic cells with total tumor RNA? Yeah, the second disadvantage is that the loading of dendritic cells requires a minimum amount of tumor messenger RNA. Researchers electroporated dendritic cells with messenger RNA from a melanoma cell line. The results showed that the cells did not produce any significant telomerase activity. It is worth noting that the human telomerase, reverse transcriptase messenger RNA synthesized by electroporation, does cause significant telomerase activity in dendritic cells. In my understanding, this means each antigen will be present in a very small concentration, which is an important issue in the use of total tumor RNA in cancer vaccines, isn't it? You're right. In addition, some people have studied the cytotoxic T lymphocyte stimulating ability of dendritic cells, loaded with different ratios of tumor-derived RNA and peripheral blood mononuclear cell-derived RNA. The results indicate that a certain tumor RNA threshold is required to stimulate tumor-specific T-cells. I guess it emphasizes the necessity of tumor enrichment of pure tumor-derived RNA and samples with limited tumor content. That would be all for today. Thanks again David, for joining us and sharing your expertise. Thanks everyone for listening. We will be back next week.